Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by it Green. Is. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that finally, eventually, thank goodnessly, reaches the end of the season. Yes, it's our final episode of this footballing year. Uh, we're approaching the Super Bowl and uh, it's been quite a year, isn't it? More more thin than thick, it has to be said. Uh, but we're back and uh, we're going to be taking a break after this one. But for now, we've got a packed show for you. And with me to discuss all the comings and goings is, as ever, Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. How you doing, Paul? Right? I mean, getting mad at this point, and it's seventy-four episodes. I know. I mean, at this point, if you sat down, right, you never listened to Cincinnati before. Well, I, I don't understand that concept. But, but, <laughs> How could they? So, so a new How listener, a new fan, you know, new to the game. Yeah. And he said, "What's this Cincinnati all about?" And you sat down and watched every or listened to every single episode back to back. How long do you reckon it take you to do it? Oh blimey! I read about a hundred hours. Yeah, probably about a week, nearly a week, nearly a full working week. Yeah, back to back. Maybe that's a challenge one of our listeners could <laughs> would like to uh, <laughs> that take or, up. That or uh, Japanese water torture, or whatever it's called. Well, I'm not sure about <laughs> which, that. Which one is which, worse? Whichever is better. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, we've got a, a packed show for you tonight. Uh, we have. Uh, well, we're going to be doing our Super Bowl preview for what it's worth. We're going to be talking the Senior Bowl. We've got lots of correspondence to get through. But we do have some uh, shock news, Nathan. Yep. Um, Jaffa Cakes have released a pineapple-flavoured version, which set my head spinning, I have to say. Pineapple? Mm. A pineapple Jaffa Cake. Can you actually... that might be all right. You reckon that might work? Yeah. Weirdly. Wow. You never hear about pineapple and chocolate combo, but I don't know why. I could see it. Are you a pineapple on pizza sort of guy? No. Why not? Just don't like it. I'm not offended by it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I am offended by it. <laughs> You're offended by it. I am it. offended by pineapple on Do pizza. Do you know what I had on a pizza when I was just out in the States, which I've never, ever seen before, and it was unbelievable, right? A big poo? <laughs> no. Honey. Now now then. Honey on pizza. <clears throat> it was like a honey and almost like sweet chilli sauce. Right. And it was divine. Divine, he's it pulled was, out the D honestly, word. Honestly, mate, I was like, it was like, he had chilies on it. It was like sweet and spicy, it was called. Yes. It was a banger. Was it now? Oh, mate, yeah. You, honestly, you are get rosy on the podcast. You backed me up. It was incredible. Wow. Well, we've gone from pineapple Jaffa cakes to honey on pizza. Mate, Already we're honestly, going down a food wormhole. Here. Honestly, what would you, would you rather, the Go pineapple on. Jaffa cakes or the yeah. pizza with a honey on it? Honey pizza. I'm yeah, just intrigued by that. Yeah, it's quite good, mate. I'm happy to it keep hands a bit sticky after you've eaten it. Does but, it? Yeah. Filth. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, what are we going to talk about? What do you want to talk about first? Well, let's, what's, what's ruffled our feathers this week? Um, Paul Alexander, the former Bengals offensive line coach, came out and he said that um, he knows a little bit about the Bengals from his time there. He's, I think, 26 years with the team. And he reckons that, you know, don't sleep on Justin Herbert. So... Wow. Which is a big, big statement. I know a few people getting worried and yeah. whatever else, but any, well, well, is any substance to that? Well, I think I think it. I think whenever this process begins, and it has begun, 
you know, you're, and especially with the senior bowl, everyone's sort of clamouring to to kind of blow some smoke and yeah, divert yeah. and to get some clicks, get some clicks and all the rest of it. I, I think they'd just be insane to pass up the borough opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, saying that they coached did him, play well. Yeah, yeah, and the Bengals did coach him, and I think and Brian and Brian Callahan did come out and say that you know he practiced very well. He's very impressed with Justin Herbert. So, you know, I'm sure the Bengals like him. But, you know, from a, I really strongly think from a value standpoint, I mean, Herbert will certainly be a first round pick. I'd be shocked if he fell out the first round, but I don't think there's any way he'd be the number one overall pick and I no I think that's the key point I don't think he's a number one pick could they trade back I mean like I mean I'm not <laughs> propagating this but like could they trade back into the middle of the first round get him then get you know I, I think Herbert might I picks. think Herbert Herbert I think Herbert, Herbert has has done himself uh a few favors actually he's probably climbed up a few people's boards after that senior ball yeah. performance from what I saw he's also Mike Brown's type of quarterback isn't he the big arm Mike Brown always likes those big arm guys like yeah. Ryan Mallett you know obviously Carson Palmer yeah so you know Keely Smith added was supposedly a big arm yeah. beyond my time but <laughs> that didn't work out particularly <laughs> um so I mean I, I don't think he's number one quarterback but you never know stranger things have happened well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to knock Burr off his perch as like yeah, you know, top yeah. of the big boards or anything like that. But I think he could be sort of. You never know if momentum goes and he's talked about enough. He could get up to like number six, five, six on the on the big board. I, I don't know where he is at the moment. Actually, he's, he's he's top ten though, isn't he? I think he's sort of knocking around that range. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about if someone like Miami came at you with a sort of four or five picks for one or something you know could you trade back into the middle of the round and possibly pick him up and then mm. you know retool the whole team with sort of the four or five other picks but I think for now it's very much like you were saying sort of trying to sort of blow some smoke and get some clicks but um, as uh, you might hear in the background we are going to because uh, it's Super Bowl week we're going to play Shakira non-stop back to back while we chat um, now that's just quite annoying, isn't it? <laughs> oh, blimey, how do you turn this off? Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're like a mad professor at the controls desk. I'm turning knobs and dials and all sorts. I just want a little bit of Shakira in the background, which is something I say most evenings, I have to say. Pick yourself up and dust yourself off and back in the saddle. You're on the front line. Mate, Shakira's getting a mood going in this room tonight. Right, that's acceptable, I think. That's an acceptable uh, ratio of, of Cincinnati to Shakira. But I if think. someone just you know tunes in mid-podcast, <laughs> they just they're no explanation to why Shakira's on in the background. So I'm just fading you in and out here with Shakira. <laughs> Imagine presenting a podcast with Shakira, Shakira. Yeah, she she married to that geezer, a footballer, isn't it? Uh, Who's that? Sergio Ramos, is it? Or she's married <laughs> to some footballer, I swear. I don't know. Maybe it's not Ramos. I thought we were going to say Harry Maguire or something then, but that would be something, <laughs> wouldn't it? Anyway, right. Um, what are you saying then? The Bengals 
I mean, what could they do to screw this up completely? Because there what, are ways. What would be the worst case scenario? It's got to be realistic, right? It's got to be, it can't be like them trading it away for a seventh. What would be in reason the thing that would enrage Bengals Twitter? Like, that would literally burn it to the ground. <laughs> like Joe Goodbury, like, deletes his account. You've got all the, you know, Bengals UK can't even put on a positive spin on it. It's just pure yes. venom from the fan base. Well, um, we're not draft. Drafting Burrow, I think, full stop. Just foot number one overall pick and you use it on... Um, Trade down to the bottom of the first uh, for one extra first rounder and you get they take an offensive lineman with an injury history. Who <laughs> <laughs> can't start year one. No, yeah, who's like, <laughs> like out for the whole year. That would be good, wouldn't it? I think if you just use the number one overall pick on a player that was sort of deemed to be the third or fourth ranked player that yeah someone like that do you know what i mean like just someone i don't know like that, that cornerback you know the cornerback okta or something i can't remember right, I can't okay. pronounce his name, yeah, but yeah. he um i think he's sort of on most people's big ball inside the top five he just took a cornerback yeah number one overall just completely ignored borough i think they'll be what, full if, on, what if they offered meltdown. what if they offered a pineapple pizza ham and pineapple pizza oof with uh, I know we wouldn't eat that particularly because we you know we don't eat meat but a uh, honey pizza Oof. Uh, and uh, I don't know a packet of pineapple jaffa cakes for that number one pick you you consider it all offers are considered <laughs> <laughs> well I think I would actually imagine them just going out there and drafting someone like that and it just literally just what would happen yeah the tr- what would transpire. Well, I think th- the correspondence. I'm you, actually looking forward. I mean, I'm kind of almost hoping it does because I want to see the correspondence. I want to see the rage. I don't really because we've had a year of rage and horribleness. Let's just do something right for a change. Let's get the fans on board. Let's get everyone excited because like Joe Burrow's been eating at restaurants that have named steaks after Jeff him. Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, apparently they're going to name a, a vegetarian corn steak after. <laughs> The Cincinnati. Yeah. Like one of those um, Beyond Meat steaks. The Parma Patty. Just like seven seven ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like a dollop of mayonnaise oh, on there or something like that. Vegan, Hellman's vegan mayo. Yeah. Jesus. I know. Jeff Okder is the quarterback. I that, okay. that surname pronunciation would almost certainly be wrong. Yes. But if we took him first overall, I honestly think that it would crash Twitter. Right, okay. Now, um... Another thing that uh, came about, obviously, we mentioned the Senior Bowl. It was this weekend. Did you watch any of that? I watched some of the training drills and a few bits and pieces, read a bit about it, didn't see the actual game. Uh, I watched the first half, and it was, you know, it's quite entertaining. Anyone catch your eye, my son? Yeah, I mean, Herbert did, actually. Yeah? I mean, I think we should get him, number one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, honestly. Listeners, I do not. Big arm, the geezer, isn't he? Well... He was very controlled and very precise, which is something I guess that they wanted to see from him. Uh, and they were moving the ball really, really lo- lovely. The first, uh, oh, lovely, absolutely beautiful. The ball spectacular uh, for the first drive or so, that first quarter. Um, so I was actually quite a surprise when uh, turned on the uh, the internet the next day to find that they'd lost quite <laughs> heavily. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Uche looked good. 
Herbert looked good. The little running back for the for the South looked good. Who's now Perrine or someone like that looked pretty good. Don't quote me on that name. Uh, I was looking at the the two big lads on the um, the LSU lads on Cushenbury, the offense, Cushenbury yeah, and Damian yeah. Lewis, and they yeah. they were moving some piles. Uh, maybe not fantastic in in pass protection, but we're going to talk about the Sydney Bowl in a little while because our very own Andrew Dockrell is coming onto this podcast. And uh, he made an appearance. I don't think he is. It's his first time. He's going to be replacing Shakira <laughs> uh, and uh, going to be talking because he's done a mock draft yeah, compiled yeah. exclusively from players from the senior box. So it'd be good to talk to him about uh, what's what and what who stood out for him, who didn't, who had good weeks, who didn't. Um, but the, the thing that was also quite apparent um, uh, at the senior bowl was the. Uh, the appearance of the the prolonged appearance actually in the media for sure of Duke Tobin, our de facto GM, uh, who only sort of comes out uh, when the out. sun goes down. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not a vampire. Um, but you know when the season's over and you only really get to hear him speak uh, at these sort of events. And he spoke. He spoke to like national media every time. You know, I saw him pop up on NFL Network in Rappaport's podcast. Uh, and then it was all kind of all the Cincinnati media. He even spoke to Joe Goodbury and John Sheeran. Um, so, you know, um, fair play to him for getting out there. So next stop, obviously, is Cincinnati well, I mean, on his media yeah. tour. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think he's scared of us, to be honest. Yeah. You know that he, he he knows that we would be asking the hard-hitting we've got questions. The, we've got no script. We just go off the what cuff. What does he think about pineapple <laughs> Jaffa cakes? That's I think that's what everyone wants to know, really. But no, fair play to you. And he actually, you know, in every interview that I saw, um, he admitted that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of work to do, basically. And he said that they were open to free agency. And he said that they were going to, you know, bust a gut to fix this roster. He mentioned the offensive line. He mentioned linebackers. Obviously, he's not going to be drawn on Burrow yet because, you know, be daft if he was. Mm. Um so all was sounding quite encouraging, but um, a couple of quotes in a Paul Dana article on The Athletic talking about free agency. Um, we'll look to fill in areas which we think we can. There will be targeted areas as we go. We'll have a lot of discussions with agents as we go. We'll see ranges, players are going, how that fits within our salary structure. We'll have a little more clarity about the players that we have under contract, what will be available as we go as well. When we start making decisions about the draft and stuff, some of the things might fall into place that would define our situation a little more. But it's not just, oh, you can fix that with free agency, because it might not be there in free agency the way you want it. It might not be there. You just don't bring in a guy, overpay him, uh, and then he doesn't produce in that role. And then you're in the same spot, just with less capital to improve the situation. Oh, don't feel too positive, does it? Uh, no. <laughs> it's basically the same. But I just think with the Bengals, they want this sort of idealist situation where they feel that they can pay a player what they think he's worth. And I would imagine most times what they think he's worth is probably 20% under the valuation that the player thinks he's worth. And I think yes. you look around, there was at the Senior Bowl, they, I think there was some sort of anonymous poll, or not the Senior Bowl, sorry, the Pro Bowl. There was some sort of anonymous poll about players saying which city would be the least attractive for them to be um, yeah, yeah. sent to. 
I think Buffalo won it outright with Cincinnati coming second. Tied second. There was quite a few. Yeah, there's a couple of teams below them. But there's also, I'm sure there was something else done similar earlier back in the year, agents saying which teams they would and wouldn't want to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that came out of Cincinnati coming pretty unfavourably on that as well. So, you know, I think for the Bengals, it's always going to be tough. I think, you know, a key free agents, if you've got an offer coming in from New York, Los Angeles, um, and they're offering sort of comparable money to the Bengals, who are even willing to offer a lot of money, a lot of the time those players, whether it be a, well, the weather factor, yeah. whether it be, you know, uh, proximity to family or whether they went to college or stuff like that, the Bengals are going to find it hard in free agency, and especially when they want to try and get deals that they think are team-friendly, they think they're getting at least decent value on because you know some of the free agent market now people can spend an arm and a leg and really overpay players by 20 30 percent just to get the talent i think that's the bad part of free agency isn't it i mean you are going to be overpaying for for talent and you know as we know free agency doesn't solve everything but it Mm. can fill in some nice holes yeah and i think i think you look at teams now in the part i think in the past there was you know you had situations like the redskins going out there and paying like albert hainsworth like all this sort of money and it was always seen as not really being a sort of productive way to build a roster and there was a bit of a bad sort of you know there was a bad attitude towards it but i think in the recent years successful teams have utilized it nicely and it's worked i mean you look at kansas city they've made some key additions um seattle have been very successful um through the free agency market and through trades and stuff like that so i definitely think there's lessons to be learned you don't want to build your whole team in the free agency you don't have any money left but and uh, we're not talking about like you know spunking 100 million on Whatever, do you know what I mean? We're not Miami. Yeah. You, you, what? And he's right. You do want targeted players, but you do, you do want to pay a little bit to get the good. You look at sort of say, I don't know, Quan Alexander. Yeah. Playing in the Super Bowl. This, yeah. this, this, and San Francisco. I think somebody put on a list of the free agents and players they've they've acquired through. Both free agency and trades, and there's about nine players. Yeah, 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 you know, and all of them have made a real impact. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of down to um, the scouting department and um, you know their willingness and, and kind of confidence in that market as well. You've really got to be able to sell the program and sell the city and sell the fact that they're building something. You look at San Francisco, that's where we, you know, sort of say to people, that's where we are striving to be yeah. in the next couple of years, you know. You look at Sha- uh, Shaquille Barrett. who went, Sha- Shakira. Yeah, Shakira, Sha- Shaquilla, Shaquilla. <laughs> um, who went down to Tampa Bay. He's yeah, like, yeah. What, did he win this? He was the leading sack. He's right. Uh, he possibly won it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's another player that the Bengals were reported yeah, yeah. to be after. Um Who's another free agent this year? Yeah, incidentally. Yeah. However, um, I've always found it weird with um, with the whole kind of draft versus free agency thing. To me, the draft is often a much riskier evaluation process than free agency. Surely, because with the draft, you're, it's a lovely thought to to get a guy from university, bring him to the city. See him prosper under, you know, your auspices and kind of... Your what? Auspices. Oh, don't. I have no idea what that even means. Okay. Um, you know, grow watch him grow up in your club. That's a really cool thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's difficult. How many players do you draft? A Paul Dawson here. 
yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. kind of I don't know a Malik Jefferson there. Yeah, you know the <laughs> Cedric Obaye. Absolutely, yeah, Jake Fisher. You know, yeah, we could yeah. go through them all. You could go through every team's draft, and yeah, yeah. kind of half of them would be a success. A couple of them would be moved off to other teams and be a success, and the rest of them would be just don't make it. So you know the transition from college to the NFL is massive. It doesn't always work, but with free agency, you've got film to watch. You've got people to talk to. Yeah, who made, that player has already made you, the transition. Absolutely, and you can see what they've done. You know what they're about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I personally don't understand the reticence of, you know, reticence. dipping your toe into free agency again. I'm not saying like, you know spend all your money on free agents because you've got to you know yeah, sign yeah, your yeah. own and whatnot but i've never understood that i've never understood that i think yeah i think you make a really good point and i mean you look at the Thanks. bengals and you know what they've done in the last sort of 5 10 15 years that i've been a fan and i i honestly go back to the days where they signed big sam adams on the defensive line and stuff like that the only player that I can ever remember them signing that made any sort of impact from outside the building in free agency was um, Antoine Odom, pass yeah. rusher, and he had that yeah. game against Green Bay where he had Got, five sacks. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had a not bad first season. I think he had injuries. And it never worked out after that. But I think going back to sort of into the early O's, the Bengals missed. They had the whole Antonio Bryant side. I think that, that hurt. I think they've been they've been stung by yeah. a few. But that's kind of down. You know, that's kind of on them as well. Yeah, for, and you've you know. got to move past it. I mean, you know, they've made some okay sort of rotational players in free agency. You know, they've brought into the organisation that have done fairly well. Ben but Jarvis Green Ellis. Yeah, Brandon people like Lafayette. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not that. spectacular, but uh, like sort of rotate, even You know, Adam Jones. Well, Adam Jones was a success, but was that a trade or free? No, that was free agent, wasn't it? Was it was free agency, but it was sort of a like. You oh, know, he was no a one huge else, success. Really. He was, but it was one of those sort of gamble. No one else wanted him. No, sort no, of no, type no, deals. No, no. Um, you know, this, uh, Reggie Nelson, I believe, was, that was a trade. That was a trade. Yeah, yeah that was what you're right to Jacksonville. There, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah, successful yeah. one, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you would like to see him go out there, wouldn't you? And just spend, you know, sort of a mid route, that sort of a mid range, but doesn't need to be like a star. No. But just a couple of starters. And I think one other point that you know we were discussing just before we came on air, I think the Bengals, you know, in Cincinnati are going to face a little bit more pressure next season. They've got hopefully if they draft Burrow, this will sort of you know propel the fan base in you know back into action. But the Cincinnati Reds have been very very aggressive. I know today they've gone and signed. Um, a big player, and everyone's getting very, very excited about their free agency and sort of their outlook for the coming season. I think that will only put more pressure on the Bengals to go out there and sort of, you know, keep up their end of the bargain and maybe look be a bit more aggressive themselves. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's what the fans want. I think it's what the team needs more importantly. Yeah, it's I mean, point. he made a point. You know, they don't listen to fans. They don't listen. Well, that's not true. That's that's untrue. Um, they don't listen to media reports. Yeah, yeah that yeah. way. So. Uh, which is, I think, is a, an admirable thing. But um, surely you know that this... I mean, they've acknowledged that this team needs a hell of a lot of work. And I think Taylor is a forward-thinking modern coach. So you'd hope that he would be pushing free agency to supplement the draft. But it's still early in the, da- in, and there in are, the process. Yeah. And there are a lot of like spots to fill. And I think if we could... Even if you just fill one position, if you went out there and you said, right... 
we're going to get a really good linebacker. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to bring him in. And then all of a sudden, you don't need in the second round to force yourself into drafting a linebacker. It, you know, it allows you to go into that mode of sort of best player available. And that, because that's where you want to be. You don't want to be constantly having to draft for need. And you look at the whole Billy no. Price, you know, draft pick when I think everyone in the NFL knew we were going to draft a center. And I think that hindered us a bit. And, you know, I think it's always nice to be able in the draft to go a few different directions and see what value sort of falls into your lap. I agree. There was another comment before we bring in Andrew. There's another comment which uh, didn't go down well. When uh, Paul Dana asked him uh, why they didn't trade at the deadline. The draft... Pipe down, Shakira. It's all right. <laughs> the draft pick is not just a draft pick. It's an actual player. And that player is an unproven uh, NFL player. And if you're giving up a proven NFL player for an unproven NFL player, maybe that guy will develop. Maybe he'll develop quickly. Or maybe he'll develop slowly. Which, again, just sort of proving our point, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you have here. If this guy is a high-end football player, I'm taking him for our football team because I know what he is. I can't predict injuries. Nobody can. It's unfortunate that maybe our best player was hurt all year and our first-round pick got hurt and didn't play all year. So, so far, you kind of... Agree that kind of stuff. Uh, but he says, I know what AJ Green is. I know what Geno Atkins is. The pick that you're talking about now, you might get a good play there and we're going to try to get good players with every pick. But you can look at everybody's draft and that guy didn't work out, that guy didn't work out, and that guy didn't work out. I understand the school of thought. If you have a proven guy, it's better to stay with the proven guy so he can continue to produce. And we think those guys can, can continue to produce. Now, the team has been kind of called into question because of their philosophy with trading. Yeah, we've just highlighted a few trades. They're not as active as some other teams uh, for trades, even though we've got Cordy Glenn. Mm. Um, Which, again, like, I would say it's backfired because we didn't, all we actually gave up was just moving down slightly in the draft to acquire him. But Yeah, I think it was worth it. But I think he's been, he wasn't great, he wasn't amazing last year. But you saw the difference when he came back in this yeah, year. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the writing seems to be on the wall with Cordy Glenn. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Again, uh, that kind of says a lot about their philosophy, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, you can either agree or disagree with that. But what do really. you, I'm just going to put you on the spot. What yeah. do you think, though? How aggressive? If you have to go between one, zero and ten, zero, they don't spend one penny, ten, they go out and spend all the millions where would you say they're going to be on um, five being very average I don't know about see this is my weak point uh, cap space and, and money spent is my weak spot in fact I don't really care about that kind. it doesn't yeah, interest yeah. me at all it's the least attractive side of the, the game to me um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say they're going to sign four free agents Oh, no, no, I mean, like, on a scale of 0 to 10 so what, what, good free agents oh, well, you'd like, hope, well, you'd hope it's all good so what would what score would you? If you well, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen them. You're not on my board of my scale. Like I'm not. Saying. I'm not on. Board I'm going to say they'd be about three or four out of ten. Good. Good. I think they might. They might get. One. I think they might get one rotational starter that's potentially impactful, and then a hmm. couple of people to sort of fill out the roster a bit, sort of training camp battle type players. Yeah. I, I last year I really thought they'd be aggressive. I thought that was the year. I thought with the new head coach, the new approach. They would maybe go out there and get a few impact starters, and I, I think if they didn't last year, I'd be surprised if they do this year. Well, I'm I'm tipping them to to go out and get four free agents. How about that? There you go. And I think I don't know. I think there will be some excitement in 
at the at the you club. Got your party hat on, son of you. Not quite, but I'm I'm kind of. I just think it needs to happen. I don't think they're as stupid as we think they are. Mm. Um, they need they need to do it really. Mm. Well, we shall well, see. We shall see. Right, it's time to well sack off Shakira. Sorry, Shakira, uh, you're out. And it's time to bring in Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? Very good, thank you. Um, now, um, if people don't know, you're kind of one of our resident draft experts. You take great deal of pleasure in this time of year, don't you? I do indeed. This is kind of my Christmas. Uh, the nerd comes out in me for this time of year. <laughs> right, okay. I just love the stories you see. Um, I just like the guys that come from nothing uh, and then become multi-millionaires. Well, it's uh, it's an example to us all, isn't it? Really, let's face it. We're, yeah. we're still we're still hoping. Um, so, um, you did something really cool. You did something actually similar last year, where you did a mock draft um, uh, comprised exclusively of players from the Senior Bowl, uh, and I guess it's a really good way to figure out who had a good week, who maybe kind of slid down a few things you know, kind of identify some sort of players that you you weren't aware of previously. So just in a just very real briefly, how did you find the senior bowl um this year? Were did the prospects that were supposed to play well and practice well, did they do that or were there some surprises? Uh, yeah, just give us an overall overview, I guess. Yeah, so I think we saw the wide receiver group was as expected, if not better. Um, it's so stacked this year. You're going to see great talents all the way down to round three, round four, round five. Uh, offensive line, I think we saw struggle. I think there was a few guys like Nick Harris from Washington who was meant to be kind of a day one, day two pick, and he he just did not look like that kind of player. Um, linebackers, there wasn't much to write home about. Uh, edge prospects, though, and kind of those athletic edges that you could drop back into coverage. We saw a few of those. And Lou Anarumu uh, loves a bit of that, doesn't he? Yeah, I definitely think that's kind of a thing he'll want to add this year, a bit of versatility, guys that can drop back. Mm. I mean, we saw a bit of it from uh, Lawson and Hubbard, but that's not really their full game. Um, so... What other position groups? Uh, you mentioned wide receivers. Obviously, we're, we've been talking about um, offensive line. We've been talking about linebackers a lot. Any other position groups that uh, are sneakily strong this year, would you say? Um, interior defensive line. I think you've got a couple mm. of guys that will go early. You've got Ken Law, who I've mentioned in, the, in my mock draft. Uh, Neville Gallimore is kind of a guy that could go late day one, early day two. Marlon Davidson, um, his teammate Derek Brown's kind of the bigger guy, hype guy, but Marlon Davidson showed he's a good, strong prospect on the interior. Uh, defensive backs, the the two kind of main stars weren't there, uh, Christian Fulton and uh, the guy from Alabama. Uh, but I think you've got a few kind of day two, day three guys in Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame mm. and Donny Holmes from UCLA. He's kind of a smaller guy, but he, he he's a really nice coverage corner. He doesn't mind getting a bit aggressive with the bigger guys. 
And then you've got a second AJ Green. If we can't find wow. our one, we can always get another one. <laughs> um, Andrew, I know you're a big Oregon Ducks fan. Um, talk yes. to me about Justin Herbert, what you saw this year, and you know how you thought he played um, you know, this, at the Senior Bowl and the practices leading up to the game. Yeah, I thought Herbert had a good game. He's, he's kind of seen his name slide down these kind of last few weeks. Um, I think a part of that comes from how the the offensive scheme to Oregon. It's very run heavy and he had some awful wide receiver help around him. Um, so in the senior ball, it's really kind of helped him throwing to guys that are at the NFL level. He's throwing with zip. He's throwing pretty much on target. And he showed a really nice running for it in the senior ball as well, where he was the game MVP. Um, that's an award that we saw guys like Dak Prescott's won. We've seen Daniel Jones last year win it. So it's kind of, it is kind of a nice uh, projection for the NFL. And I think someone will now pick him up. Maybe his QB too, even if Tua is not proving he's healthy. So uh, top five, do you think? It's definitely definitely under consideration. Um, it really comes down to Tua. If, if Tua is not healthy, there's going to be QB needy teams that just won't wait for another year. No. So I'd, I'd say if Tua is not healthy, then it's a definite. And if you have to say, like from what you saw this week, if there was one guy that you had to sort of take your hat off to and you know tell people to keep an eye out for them, who would that guy be? I think uh, Joshua Kelly had a really nice week. He was a guy that was going to be a late, a late to the undrafted guy from UCLA. Um, had over 100 yards in the game. And it kind of just proves this kind of running back mentality the league has at the minute, that there's just guys coming in every year. Mm. And wherever you pick them up, they, they're going to statistically do well. And uh, do you think that, well, that's just, the whole mix and extension is a separate conversation, but that is... Uh, an element to build into your argument either way with the mixing question, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. From a fan perspective, I really want Mixon. I think he's a huge guy in the locker room, and I think mm. that's why he does stay on as much yeah. as because the Bengals like to keep their vets on. But that locker room presence he brings is something you can't really replace. Um, like, there is the issue of paying running backs but the cap isn't an issue. The cap is a myth. Um, yeah. Until you get to kind of having five or six guys on the same class all needing paying at once, the cap is a myth. You can flex guys, you can pay guys more early, push mm. back payments later. There's, there's so much you can do to push the cap around. Mm. Uh, well, that's. I think we'll get you on for free agency to talk about that, I think. Um, but let's talk about this mock draft that you did. Now, we, we do have a blog that we post stuff on more or less every week certainly every week during the season some game predictions and whoever wants to write and i must extend this invitation to to any of our listeners out there anybody wants to write uh, and and get a platform for what they want to say about the team then do get in touch um the blog is bengalsuk.wordpress.com and of course you can get us on uh, twitter at whoday underscore uk and bengals uk uh facebook so, uh, Andrew, let's go through your draft. Um, your number one pick was Javon Kinlaw from uh, a defensive tackle from South Carolina. Why? Why Kinlaw at number one? Obviously, we should we should kind of preface this by saying, or just reminding everyone, that this is a mock draft uh, comprising 
a player just in the senior ball, right? Yeah, no, no bar available. Sorry, put the pitch box <laughs> away, as I mentioned there. Um, Kinlaw, so I, the easy option would be get Herbert. We need a QB. That's the simple one. But I think we know we're going to go Burrow. So I just wanted to show probably who was the best player available there at this weekend. And to me, it's Javon Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. Without even playing in the game, just the levels he showed at practice were phenomenal. Um, I have to give a shout out to Joe Goodbury. He overheard the 49er staff discussing their password mm. for the senior bowl. Right. So um, I got access to all the practice footage, all the angles. If anyone's interested in watching that, it's quite interesting just seeing all the different plays. Um, drop me a DM. I'll give you the password for that. Um, back to Kinlaw. He's just that perfect size. He's, he's big. He's 6'5". He's over 300 pounds and the amount of power and explosiveness on his first step for that size is special. Um, he's going to be so disruptive on the interior line. And let's say there's a reality where we do move back to that kind of, let's say, 8 to 10 spot, right? I think he goes. That front four, Dunlap, Kinlaw, Atkins, Lawson or Hubbard, it's just going to be... Un- you can't handle that with five guys. Uh, number two, you've gone for Brandon Ayuk, uh, the wide receiver from Arizona State. Yeah, um, a hugely deep wide receiver class. I could have gone for any kind of in this day two range. You've got guys like Pittman, who had a really good uh, week, um, and Sam Ainge has done a really good video on Brand- about him. Van mm. Jefferson was kind of a slot guy who did really well. Uh, Colin Johnson did well, a 6'6 guy, but... Brandon Ayuk, something special. I put a video there on him. He's so dynamic. His first step off the line is incredible. Um, he is someone who can challenge you deep, but also just kind of yak. He, as soon as he gets the ball in his hand, he accelerates. And there's not many people who catch him at right. the college level, and probably not that many in the NFL either. Mm. Uh, number three, Josh. I feel like some sort of chart count. Number three. Josh Uche, uh, Josh Uche, uh, the edge uh, rusher from Michigan. Yeah, another guy who probably could have been uh, a real standout. Well, he was a real standout, probably the best standout of the week with Kelly. Mm. He is going to definitely rise up boards. He showed he's not just an edge rusher where he's just been uh, elite in terms of bend. He gets so low, and you'll see on the video I put there, he, he shows great balance and bend at speed there. Mm. Um, but he's also shown he can drop back. He covers the tight ends quite well in drills. So you, you, um, are, you uh, are looking at uh, versatility here by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think that's just the, the way the NFL goes. You, the offense has always been developed to get matchups that can are favourable for themselves. And I think defence is kind of going that way now. They need to see the athleticism. It's why we're seeing guys like Isaiah Simmons, who mm. previously, historically, wouldn't be a top pick because he doesn't really have a position, is now being seen as a real weapon. You can drop him anywhere, drop him in safety, drop him on the ed- mm. edge rush. Well, we, we, we'll talk about another player without a position a bit later in your draft. Um, and Number four, Adam Troutman, a tight end from Dayton, so a local lad. Yeah, local lads, uh, small college, FCS-level school. Um, they, they play in a high school stadium, so this was a, di- a completely different level for him, and he he played up to it, really. Um, there's a lot of good stuff 
and uh, being said about Troutman. Some say, I think Dane Brugler's put him as high as tight end two. Wow. And I think you'll see that kind of develop as people watch more and more of him as we get closer to the draft. Just in terms of it's, it's not that great a tight end class. Mm. You have a few guys like Harrison Bryant. You've got Cole Komet from Notre Dame. But I think he's he's kind of, he's, he has the size. He's can play in line, blocked well. And he's also got the versatility as a passing receiver catcher as well. And new entry at number five, it's Troy Pride Jr., cornerback, Notre Dame. Yeah, this is a guy who, he has it all in terms of the speed, the the length you want. Uh, watching some of his film, he he's messy, he'll get lost, he'll completely lose guys on the line. But I think once you're down to these kind of late, day three kind of picks, you're going to take projects and you think you can develop them into that kind of finish package. Mm, yeah. And this is the prime example. He had a good week. Um, he covered fairly well, most of the guys. Like I said, it's just kind of getting that consistency. Yeah, the NFL level, you can't have guys making mistakes at corner. Mm. And at number... I'm going to stop doing that now. Number six, Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Throckmorton. Offensive line. Yeah. Oregon, your lot, and... Uh, I had to stick one in there. You had um, to. And Throckmorton does sound like a village from Midsummer Murders. I have to solid say. handle that. A solid handle, is my nice Solid would say. handle, that one. I had Jamie's been on holiday there. Yes. Um, this is a guy who's... It, I put it in there, he's super smart. He wants to be a surgeon when he's finished with football. He's really versatile. He's played every position on the line. Um, we saw that at the senior ball. He did struggle a bit when they pushed him over to the left side, left tackle... Just with that much space against these top-level prospects, he he's not athletic enough to go round the corner with them. And he, his arms are quite short for a tackle, so I think he probably moves better as a guard or a centre prospect in the NFL. Yeah. But as a six-rounder, if you've got a guy that's at least a backup at guard and centre, that's a, that's a good pick. And perhaps he develops like a Hopkins with years of practice mm. and he becomes a, a solid starter. If not, he could work in the injury room at the uh, Paul Brown Stadium. By exactly. The it's a win-win. AJ Green's injury. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, uh, finally, your final pick. Antonio Gibson. And you put weapon, although I'm not sure whether that's his official... Uh, position title. <laughs> Geezer carrying a sledgehammer with him. <laughs> uh, he is a fun guy to watch. Um, if you're going to watch tape of any of these people, uh, Antonio Gibson's the one to watch. He's so explosive, so elusive. He's 6'2". He's kind of that big, tall back look to him, but he, he moves well. When he moves side to side, he doesn't lose a step in pace. He breaks tackles so regularly. I think he broke a tackle on about 50% of his catches, according to PFF. Mm. We're seeing a guy who he's played wide receiver at college. He played at the running back position in the senior bowl. And he, again, going back to talking about matchups early on the defense, this is a guy who's a matchup as an offensive weapon. You play him at running back, you move him out wide, you motion him across the formation it's just a guy you can't cover unless you've got some really athletic linebackers the other side of the field. So I expect this guy will really kind of rise up these boards as we get closer, and I think he'll have an amazing combine. Uh, it's a fantastic draft. I mean, quarterbacks aside, I think you'd be happy with that draft, wouldn't you? There's everything that you kind of need or we need. Uh, 
There wasn't was there, there wasn't a linebacker in that draft though, was there? Hold on, let me just double check. Uh you talk you talk about moving Uche back. Oh yeah, that's no true, yeah. true linebacker. But could he such. be like a Lawson type of guy? Could they be beef him up yeah. and put him on the line? Yeah, that's the guy. He, he, he can drop back, but you kind of keep him more as an edge rusher. That's where he does his best work. Hmm. Uh, there was linebackers. There just wasn't much that really stood out. You had Malik Harrison in the North squad. He had a nice interception, but he's he's not that athletic. He's much more of a tackler kind of guy, the old school. Yeah. You had uh, Akeem Davis Jr. Yeah. Akeem Davis Gaither. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a fun guy. He's he's very quick. He's hmm. a little on the undersized route. I'm not sure he can probably hack the kind of free down every game right? Like uh, level, but he'd be a nice rotation piece, that's mm. for sure. Uh, Zach Bourne and um, the guy out of Utah, Bradley Anai, yeah. are options. But again, they're kind of that Oche mould of edge rusher first, linebacker second sure. for me. Um, that's kind of all I really saw in the linebacker area. Yeah. Well, it's the beginning of the process, and it's uh, the Senior Bowl is a great start to proceedings, isn't it? So, um, Andrew, thank you so much. You'll, you'll be hearing a lot more from Andrew as uh, the draft process gets a bit tastier uh, throughout the coming weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on, and thanks so much for doing the mock. Yeah, thank you, my son. No worries, pleasure. Um, we saw four guys come out of the Senior Bowl last year, so let's see how many come out this year. Well, there we go. That was Andrew Dockerall. Thank you to Andrew for doing that. And uh, Andrew vacates his seat and Shakira slips into it yet again. She's back in. She's back in for the uh, final stretch. Fair play to Dockers. He knows he's stuffed the lad, doesn't he? You know, he does. He, he does know his onions and, and it's great you know, to hear him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, it, I, I do find the draft process quite overwhelming at times because there are so many names, so many plays, don't know what to do. What's going on? So many talking heads. But there are several, you know, of our flock that are really into it. So, again, you'll be hearing from the likes of Sam Anger and Peter Dadswell and more of Dockers uh, throughout the process. And, of course, us, because we're experts as well, Wait, aren't we? we? I'm, I'm going to clue myself hey? up this year. I'm going I'm to get my nut in it this year, yeah. I don't believe you. Watch a couple of YouTube videos. Well, that's, get, that's get the extent on. of getting your nut into it, isn't it? I think. <laughs> um so, yeah, thank you to Andrew, and stay tuned. We've got some great stuff coming up, as ever, uh, uh, for our draft coverage, because I think that our angle is slightly different from the usual. Uh, we're not so hardcore, I don't think. Uh, we try and do it with a little bit of humour and a little bit of uh, realisation that it is, like, just people banging on. And I think about, think about the draft pro, all these experts and bedroom analysts and whatnot, uh, they get really offended if the the people that they like don't get picked, and they haven't really got a clue what the what the kind of team needs or whatever. So I, I do find it quite. I don't get. To, I take try and take everything with a pinch of salt. Basically, I think I think the interesting side of the draft is the human side of it as well. And I mean, the people that you see on film aren't necessarily the people you see face to face. And you know, when teams do their research on players, there's probably a lot of mitigating factors. You know, possibly like injuries that are uncovered or personal things. People might not like the. Um, you know, certain attributes about the player and they might have been tipped off by something to do with college coaches. So it's always that side of things that you don't see and vice versa, a player that possibly wasn't as productive as college but actually behind the scenes is a, is a excellent leader, great guy, hard yeah, worker yeah. that you the think intangibles. you can bring on. Things that you don't always see, that you can't just see on a, on a, on a YouTube video. 
But we will be watching those YouTube videos uh, regardless this year. Well, Nathan, well, I'm not going to bother. I'm just going <laughs> to carry on watching Netflix. You're on your, uh, fat, your old mock drafts that you'll be banging those out by the day. I did, I've done a couple, but I'm not going crazy this year. Mm. Um, anyway, thank you to Andrew, and stay tuned for all that good fun uh, stuff coming They're up. They're cheering you here, Sam. Oh, it's, it's not me, it's Shakira. Um, so now uh, we're going to get to correspondence. We've got a lot. Um, I asked... Uh, put so, uh, you know, in, in the off-season, I think it's important to kind of just prod our followers a little bit, give them a little bit of direction, and I ask them, because what else is there to talk about, really? Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people don't actually care about the draft that much. I mean, they care who we take, but not about the actual... The whole process. The yeah. whole process, which is absolutely fair enough. Um, so I asked them... Uh, basically, I put a picture on a, a plate of fish and chips... Uh, as uh, you would do as an American football podcast host. Well, that's right. <laughs> there is context to this. So basically, you know that Browns blogger, Paul Brown, who who does lots of videos and stuff like that, he goes over to Cleveland every uh, week by the looks of things. He started doing like cookery videos now. I mean, talk about a guy who wants to be on social media all the time. But he, he does some cookery videos and it, it you know, it gets some nice interaction with the, the his American followers um, because they like seeing British food. And I know that there is a discussion points to be had because who doesn't like food? And uh, fish and chips is one of our national dishes, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, so I put this on and it provoked quite a reaction. So I've asked them, um, because there was gravy as well and mushy peas on the on the chips, right? Which is not... You know, even in this country, there's debates raging about the merits of gravy on chips. So I asked uh, followers what kind of condiment they like or prefer on their chips. I also uh, asked them what would be their dream Super Bowl halftime show. We haven't even spoken about the Super Bowl yet. Maybe we'll do that in a sec. Mm. Um, um, and also what their Super Bowl tips were. So um, your Super Bowl tip, Nathan. Oh, I think it's one of the best poised games in years. It's only one point in it with the bookies. I think you've got the all-round team of the 49ers, great defence, very, very good at running the ball, um, You know, solid quarterback in Jimmy G, well-coached with Shanahan, and then you've got the sort of... Yeah, the Chiefs have been a bit all over the place, haven't they? They've been very, very good, but they've also started out very slowly in the playoffs a couple of times. So oh, I think... I think the 49ers are possibly all round the better team. Yeah. But I think that Andy Reid's experience, I think, is going to be key. And I do think that the offense, the Kansas City offense, is just that X factor. I think the pace of Tyreek Hill and, um, you know, the dynamicness of someone like Mahomes, I just think that in the big occasion, I think they're going to come good. Mm -hmm. I, my, my tip is... I think it's going to be a very good game. I don't You'd think, hope I, so. I don't think any team's going to run away with it. I think it's going to be a very sort of 27-24 to Kansas City is my prediction. I don't know where to go on this game. In fact, I do. I think I'm edging towards the 49ers, actually. Even though I, I'm rooting and tooting for the Chiefs because I love watching Mahomes play and I'll never root for the 49ers, frankly. Um, you bitter old man. I know. Um, I just... You're right, they... I think Kansas City have got the edge on quarterback. Uh, Garoppolo is functional. 
he's not amazing. He's still a, inexperienced. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Really. But home, but Mahomes has just got that X factor. He's so good, or can be so good. But you're right. There is, I don't know. I think he has matured, and I think he's right for the big stage now. You look at the the 49ers running games. They've got three, if they're all healthy, three really good backs to choose from. And it just seems that Shanahan plugs in, which it's like horses for courses, whichever yeah, yeah, yeah. he thinks is right to exploit the defense Absolutely. they're playing on any given day. It'd be really interested to see who he kind of goes with or majors with in that game. Uh, you know, Matt Breeder, Tevin Coleman. Mozart. Yeah, Mozart's back again, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um Good old Wolfgang. There's two, <laughs> there's two amazing tight ends. Yeah, George Kittle, and I mean, there's two by I mean, quite a distance the two best tight ends of the game. I, mean, you'd, I you'd, think I think that it might be one and lost on the defense, you know. But then again, they're quite similar. They've got two fantastic. Both teams have got like say so. Chiefs have got Frank Clark and Chris Jones, two fantastic pass rushers. Yeah, you've got Bosa. And it's D Ford playing. It is D Ford, isn't it? He's back. From yeah, injury. yeah. I've got a dastardly Duncan question for you. Oh, hold on. Yeah, go on. This is one of his. Just quickly, would you rather for the Bengals next season, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, yes, or George Kittle and Travis Kelsey? So you'd have a t- them two. You think? Yeah. You wouldn't have them two as like a t- t- tight end combo on the field. No, because you could have someone. And you obviously could draft to. Burrow. You could be Burrow uh. throwing to them two. Or you rather Mahomes? I still go Mahomes. Oh, see, I'd go for the tight ends. You would. I go all in, get Burrow, and he's got the two best tight ends in the NFL for him. Uh, it's not a bad chat, really. I, I don't know. I, get great sign. Green I just back. think Mahomes would just. Mind you, if we get Burrow, if you don't get Burrow now, there's going to be riots, isn't there? So. Yeah, but then you could, you know, you could take, you could take. If you got Mahomes, tricky question. It is, isn't it? Dastardly Duncan, I'd be proud of me for that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, it could be one on. Defense. Look, we're bigging up the offensive here. Two offensive minds, Shanahan and Reed. Everything is scripted. Like I said, Tyreek Hill, the three running backs for uh, Sam Fran, the two amazing tight ends, Sammy Watkins, um, Emmanuel Sanders, all these guys. What's the bet? It's just going to be they're going to cancel each other out. 7 3. It's going to be like, a, I don't know, 4 3. About 23 and outs. 4 3 at half time, and that's what it stays. <laughs> 4 3. Two seconds. Holding on for the end, like wasting yeah, time in yeah, the third quarter, yeah. like running the clock out. I don't know. I, 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 four, three. You hope it's going to be an amazing game, don't you? Because it's all <laughs> set up. Um, I just think, like you said, I think Kansas City have relied on strong comebacks right and they've beaten some good teams right yeah absolutely they should have beaten Houston which they did but they had a bit of a mare in that first half they were the favourite against Tennessee and they again they had a nightmare first half and came back they can't keep doing that against really good teams and San Francisco is a really good team so I I just they're San Francisco are consistent I think more consistent than the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs to win, but I think San Fran might just edge it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, like I said, I think it's one of the best games, the prospects of games in a while. I think possibly mostly because the Patriots aren't in it. And it, yeah, yeah. You're I not, think that's the key. Isn't you're it? not, you know, sitting there praying forever else is playing them. But yes. Uh, yeah, whoever I'm, I'm actually think I'm going to try and do something for it, actually. Uh, the last couple of years I've just watched it at home. Um, but I think I'm going to try and. 
um, go out somewhere and see what's knocking them out. Cause some trouble. Yeah. yeah. Cause a bit of a... Ruckus. Have a few pints, get oh. a bit rowdy. Watch out. Uh, I don't know, what, what what areas do you go out into? I don't know, I live near you, son, so let me know what you're doing. I'm, I'm down in Gloucestershire this weekend. Oh, are you? I always go, me and, I go down to my mates every year. To watch I was thinking, uh, you know, nice nice dinner, maybe like two or three course meal, the two of us. Have a few pints, roll round into some gaff. Get some like some of those nice cauliflower wings in with some very spicy wings. You know what I mean? Like load ourselves up, four, five, six pints. Both you know, wake up late, don't go into work the next morning. What an evening! Is that, is that your is that your Tinder profile, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get to some correspondence. Tony Torrance at Tony Torra. If we are to go QB in uh, QB, is Herbert in the discussion? He looks really good. I think we've spoken about Herbert a little bit. Quite a lot of it, actually. Yeah, it looks good. I, not number one. If there was an offer too good to be true and they traded back, I suppose you I think I think you might. With all the talk and the hyperbole and all the rest of it, he's going to go top five. Or maybe top six or seven. Top eight, I'm right. going to say. Top nine. Okay. At six, seven and a half. All right, then. <laughs> right, here's a question from last week from, oh, at quite severe hook. Solid handle. We actually forgot to do this last week, but it's a very good question, right? Uh... Got a got a question for you boys. An NFL kickoff, catch it clean for a hundred k. Don't go out of bounds or take a knee. Hundred k per yard gained, and finally a hundred k for no fumble. How much you making? It's a good question, isn't it? <sighs> I don't think we've ever had a question. I'm gonna to have to get the calculator out. Um, I'm gonna be earning one point eight million. Jesus. Bloody hell! What are you? What are you? What are you no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going to be earning because I was going to say 16 yards, but then I just realised that's ah. a hell of a lot. I'm going to get nailed at about the eight yard line, aren't I? Well, I, I, the key thing: how much you get for catching it? 100k. I reckon I would catch the football. I don't reckon you would. I would. I'm all, I'm is, all right is with catching. I'm full good. stadium full of fans. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You got a helmet like, on. Yeah, so you yeah. got to see through the visor. Yeah, yeah. I'd be all right. I'd be all right. Oh, I don't know. I'm catching that ball, Nathan. Oh, I doubt it. 100K is on the line, man. I'm and catching that ball. 70,000 people going, oh, go on. You you reckon, and you got there's this ball's coming out of the air at pace, been in the air for about four seconds. You reckon you're... I reckon you're, I can catch it. I'm, I'm confident. I'm you're fact, fielding I'm, it at the, zero, at the zero. I'm feeling it halfway inside the end zone, <laughs> right? And I'm running it back out, and I get to the five, I get to the six, can I make it to the ten? I'm going to say nine. I'm going to get to the nine. Oh, and no. then I'm going to get absolutely levelled. You're going to fumble it. That's the thing. Of course you would. So that's not. So I'm going to earn a million, basically. I, I'm not confident about not fumbling. I would catch the ball if there wasn't seventy thousand eyes on me. And I, do you know the problem as well? I've, this is it. This I've, is old I've question. Worn an NFL helmet before, so and it's I? a nightmare. With a visor, it proper obscures your peripheral vision. Yeah. I don't think I catch it, and then at that point, I'm scrabbling around trying to pick it up, knowing there's that eleven geezers throttling towards me at twenty mile an hour. I reckon I'll get to the nine. I'm I'm earning a million. I'm earning a million on that field. I, I reckon I'd get. I want to crack I'd, at it. I want to crack at it. I reckon I'd get to the five. I reckon I get half a mil. All right. I just I reckon you. I would drop it. I think. 
I really oh, so there's your hundred. I've got good hands. I'm good at catching, but <laughs> under, got that, good hands. under that sort of pressure and the ball coming out of the sky and yeah, do you know what I mean? Like the pressure of it and knowing while the ball's in the air, these geezers on the way down. Yeah. And if you drop it, then you got to scrabble around and pick it up, and then you have got to get out the ends out. Oh, half a meal. Not confident. All right, good question though. Well, thank you very much. Um, jam at baguette disco. Solid handle. <laughs> uh, fish and chips and mushy peas. Uh, we're going back to the questions that I asked. What's your favourite condiment for fish and chips? What is your uh, dream uh, Super Bowl halftime show scenario? And uh, what is your uh, score prediction? So Jam at Bagat Disco says, fish and chips and mushy peas and curry sauce on the side. Dirty devil, Jam. Uh, Guns and Roses for the Bengals Super Bowl playing Welcome to the Jungle over and over. Uh, I want cheese, but it'll be 49ers by six. Thank you, Jam. Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Toefish, chips and mushy peas. Simple. Uh, he wants Stuart Lee performing at his dream halftime show. Uh, Chiefs 35, San Francisco Boo 27. I had to ask what Toefish was. Of course, as a vegetarian, I feel ridiculous because, of course, it's tofu version of fish. Oh, really? Yeah, they do, you know. Never heard of that. And you can get, like, deep-fried halloumi and chips, like a, uh, a, I say a fish substitute, but A, it's not, you can't, it's not nothing oh, like fish. sounds like an absolute artery clog at that, doesn't it? Mm. Well, you wait till you get to the next one, Nathan. Ross at Dalton to AJ. Afternoon, guys. Not a massive fish and chip fan, but love a half pizza crunch from the chippy. Loads of salt. Halftime show, Backstreet Boys. I'm with Paul. Can't cheer for the 49ers. I'll never give for, I'll never forgive Joe Montana. P.S. What should my new handle be when we take Burrow? So there's a lot to digest there. Um, I had to ask what a half pizza crunch was. Well, I never heard that. What is it? It's ba- now bear in mind that Ross comes from Scotland, and you know what they do up in Scotland. They deep fry everything. So basically, animals up there, they? It's <laughs> it's a pizza, a half pizza, dipped in batter and fried. Jesus with Christ. Chris. And he sent a with picture crisps. of it. Sorry, with chips. Oh right. <laughs> and um he sent a picture of it and it looks incredible, but almost you almost die just looking at it. Jesus Christ. Um Fair play though, Sam. Yeah, play. Nice knowing you, Ross. Um PS, what should my new handle be when we take Bill? I suggested Burrow Boy. I reckon that's probably taken. Yeah, I reckon. It's going to be at Joe Boy 2 and okay. then whoever's our receiver. Right. At Joe Boy to AJ. It'll be, yeah, burrow to, burrow to AJ, Ross. That's your handle. Unfortunately, you've got to, you've got to be ruthless with these things. I reckon he's got to get in there and swipe a few up before they get taken. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts at Dastardly Dunkin'. Solid handle. Lots of salt and vinegar with a drizzle of ketchup. Biffy Clyro would be his choice of uh, dream... Halftime entertainment and 49ers purely because the Chiefs O can't survive these early deficits every single game. Good point, Duncan. Andrew Townsend, Andrew Townsend, two mushy peas. There is no debate. Do you know what though? I don't. I'm not keen on the mushy peas. Really? Yeah, I find them a bit flavourless. A bit. Some can be. I know what you mean. Do you know what's quite nice with mushy peas? They do a bit of mint flavour in. Yeah, them. that's right. Yeah, that gives them a bit peas. more. Yeah, they're a bit, a bit more of something. Yeah, I do like mushy peas though. Okay. 
His dream halftime entertainment would be Tomlin and Big Ben crying and wiping each other's tears following a humiliating 0-16 season. <laughs> Unlikely, but we have to dream. Uh, he's Andrew's going for a 28-28 tie with an overtime Chiefs win. Imagine Whip a good game that. out, yeah. Keep you up to the early hours. <laughs> I was going to say, won't get to bed until about five in the morning. Uh, Shawnee, oh my days, at Shawnee, oh one. Chiefs to win because f*** the 49ers. There we go. And ideal halftime show would be any sort of throwback to the rock and roll days. Oh, that'd be good. What about Elvis or Johnny Cash or... Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis or Little Richard or any of those boys, I'd be I'd be down with that. Your era, Salah. <laughs> oh, um, he says, but I normally spend half time at the bar anyway. Okay, that's fair enough, Sean. Uh, probably best. Uh, Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Halftime show should be Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield in a in an it's a knockout style dunking tank, <laughs> having to hit the target from thirty yards to dunk Freddie Kitchen. And Mike Tomlin into the gunk. Uh, NB, this may overrun the allotted 15 minutes. That is true. You're going to have to refine that a little bit, Duncan, I think. It was a good idea. Tom Stowell at Tom underscore Stowell. Nando's Perry Nays. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't mind seeing someone like the Killers. Pretty generic, but loved, loved by most. Fair enough. Um, and see... Going with a tight Chiefs 28-24 win. Also been looking for those fruit licorice all sorts, but can't see them anywhere. They were legendary, though. Oh, I just see someone else on the someone bandwagon with there. the fruit all sorts, mate. Oh. I actually emailed whoever made them back in the day, Bassett's or whoever Did it you? was. And strange this was, this was 10 years ago. They sent me back an email saying they've discontinued them. They've still got the recipe. They may look to use them again in future promotions. 10 years on, still nothing. Bring them back. That's Bring them back. Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. Tartar sauce and a gherkin. I don't know about a gherkin, but I tartar like sauce. A Love a gherkin. Tartar sauce, mate, is what it's Or all about. if American listeners are listening, uh, that's a pickle, isn't it? A gherkin. Yes. Yeah, I do love a gherkin. It's much more amusing to say gherkin than pickle, I think. Gherkin. Gherkin. Not gherkin. to be confused with a the gherkin. building in London. A what? Not to be confused with the building in London. No, that's right. It's a small baby cucumber that's don't been... You, don't you look at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I do like a gherkin, though. Do you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Just thought I'd just put that out there. Um, lovely. The halftime show should be whippet racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, good one. Okay, thanks. Uh, nine is by seven, uh, Michael thinks. There you go. He also throws in a supplementary question. Which current or former NFL player would you administer a lie detector to and what questions would you ask them? Oh, blimey. I know. I, oh, I don't know. Who tells lies? Everyone. Well, Aaron Hernandez. Have you watched that? Yeah, I have. It's, pretty, it's, uh, it's a well-constructed it? documentary, but uh, pretty heartbreaking. Thought, yeah, it really is. I mean, like, I, it's probably not worth getting into it now, but it's a good watch. Um, yeah. Anybody who's got Netflix, do watch that. It's a really, as I say, it's an incredible story. It's heartbreaking for kind of everyone concerned. For a roller coaster. Oh, it? it really is. It's, it's a crazy story. Um Anyway, let's move on. I can't think of anybody apart from maybe the Bengals front office to literally tell us what's going to happen in the draft. 
and be truthful about it and free agency. How about that? That's a good answer. Well, like the controversial one. I've asked Ray Lewis about the murder. Oh, right now we're moving on before we get libeled <laughs> here. Yeah, I know. Good answer though. That's what I think. That's what I would do. <laughs> Hate Ray Lewis. Anyway, uh, Martin Greer <laughs> at Martin Greer. Malt vinegar and brown sauce every time for me. Steve, uh, <laughs> this is a good one actually. Um, brown sauce. Uh, you don't get many people with brown sauce. But when I was, my old man loves a bit of uh, brown sauce. Yeah. Fruity, oh, I like tangy. fish and chips actually. I, I'll go, go tartar sauce. Yeah, I'm going tartar. But I like jerk sauce. You know, reggae sauce. Spice, a bit of spice with it. Man. Glad I, you qualified that. I, I love that. Really nice. Uh, Martin, for, my, for um, his uh, halftime Super Bowl show, Stephen A. Smith in stocks getting pelted with rotten eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Very medieval. Let's get medieval on Stephen A. Smith's ass. That's what I say. Uh, Chiefs, 16, San Fran, 10. Who day? Who day to you, Martin? Who day? Jamie at Trequart Beast. Good fish and chips are served plain with salt and vinegar and scraps. Other chippy items, e.g. sausage, are best in gravy or curry sauce. I hate mushy peas. Very much in favour of half-time robot wars. Yeah, interesting. Robot Wars back in the day. I used to be a big Panic Attack fan. You see Panic Attack? No, I wasn't really. He was really the yellow into... one with the sort of he had right. that thing on the front where he lifted you up. He okay. tried to flip you over. I was never a huge fan of it. I just sort of dipped in now and again. But I think that could work for a halftime show. Yeah, but they have to be massive. They have to be. If it was in the US, you got to remember. Be like Transformers. It would be literally like those um, massive, like twenty foot. High monster things. trucks, but like robot, yeah, like robot that. monster trucks. I think the crowd would enjoy that. Change th- it up I a would, bit. I would, I'd agree. His Super Bowl prediction is uh, KC forty-five, San Francisco twenty-eight. So quite a comprehensive yeah, yeah. Chiefs win there. Uh, Sam Anger at Sam. Und- See, as soon as you start mentioning fish and chips, it's ignites it. the it's public. Ignites the public. This, I mean, we might change it just to a fish and chips podcast from now on, listeners. I think colony um, podcast. Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. Hello, chaps. Oh, he doesn't say hello, chaps. Do, hello. Come on, do Sam Anger's accent. All right, <laughs> chaps. <laughs> and that's probably as close as they'll be able to get. All day, fish and chips and gravy with more vinegar than salt. Oh, I'm not a big vinegar fan no. at all. You just need a little sprinkling. Not, yeah. not like soaked where the no, chips horrible, get all no. limp. And... It like, makes your eyes go a bit funny, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> um... Uh, I can't get on. I'm on board with the gravy, but I'm not on board with the more vinegar. Oh, I'm not really gravy chip. Not really. Oh, yeah. oh, that's all right. Yeah, I do like chip gravy. shop gravy is quality though. Yeah. I don't know what it's made of though. Sugar probably isn't it. Not sugar. I don't know. I, in fact, I don't. I don't want to know what chip shop gravy is made of. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's brown know. for a start. So let's not go down that route. <laughs> Uh, a charismatic metal band would be brilliant. Slipknot could have been a shout for their anniversary year. It's a good shout. That'd be a bit wild of theatre. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, he says, Chiefs, I see this game as Mahomes versus Shanahan. Will be close and very high scoring, I reckon. Enjoy the game, Sam. Sussex Bengal at Whiskey Cyclist. Solid handle. Curry sauce is his succinct answer yeah it's pretty good i think alex onto a winner on that one I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not with fish though i'm, I'm, down, yeah, I'm down with it really well actually no yeah chips and gravy it's fish and chip with chips you can have what you want so I, in fa- yeah chips and gravy i'll go chips and curry sauce you got me yeah yeah yeah. i like a lot with do you know what i've got into recently go mate? on see i've got into that i, I like, avoided what? for years two things that are kind of similar 
horseradish and mustard. I did. Uh, see, <laughs> mustard I'm down I, with, but horseradish, get out of town. No, mate, I've just got into it. Like every year, I introduce something new, and it's oh, it's horse all over it at the minute, mate. Twenty twenty, you've introduced two new things. Are you crazy? Mustard, uh, yeah, mustard and horseradish recently, mate. I just need to get red wine. Desperate <laughs> to like red wine. <laughs> you'll get there. Drink enough of Desperate, it, you'll get there. Right. Yes, curry sauce. Alex says, um, "Motorhead would have been perfect." A lot of metal fans. Oh, on this, uh, oh my sin! Let me let me at the Super Bowl. That yeah, would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, sadly, 49ers, but go Chiefs. Um, Canon Rumours at Canon Rumours Guy. I think this, this could be a first time caller. First time caller. Tartar sauce, not from a bottle. He's very insistent on uh, he or she. He's very insistent that it can't be from a bottle. Uh, Metallica, another me- metal band. Another metal fan. Kansas City 21, San Francisco 20. So where, if this tar- where's this tartar sauce coming from? And if it ain't in a well, they, they do those sort of sachets, don't they? Oh, sachets right, right, right. Uh, right tartar okay. sauce. Not from the TJ Mormon shiny Eagles. shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we man, sadly, TJ shiny shoes hadn't sent a question in this week. I'm disappointed. Nah. Anyway, we man syndrome at or Cameron. we got to be salt, vinegar and chippy brown sauce. Ideally, following six pints in a taxi home. There you go. Bring back Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane for more. I have no idea why I've been invited here. Half-time analysis. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, comedy gold. Uh, backing a Chiefs win. Can't forget our Super Bowl appearances. And finally, AJ James at uh, As Lane listed. American mustard is the best condiment, but I prefer a double burger over a fish. Um... I feel like a Weird Al halftime show would balance out the absurdity of it all. I am a Bengals fan first and always, but I grew up in Cali, so I am leaning towards a 49ers win. So a broad spectrum there. Yeah, I think, again, like we said about the uh, Super Bowl being balanced, there's a lot of different opinions in there either yeah. way. Not a consensus favourite. Yeah. Um, what are you getting on your fish and chips? I mean, who's your band? Well, I'm, not, well, I'm going uh, fish and chips. I will go for a gherkin. Just flat out gherkin on his own. Flat out gherkin. Um, I like no. I'm 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 picture it in my mind. A tray with a nice bit of cod. Yep. A nice healthy portion of chips, but a bit of as Jamie said, a few scraps in there. Do you know what I mean? For extra crunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a gherkin. Um, I'll go for a pickled egg. Oh no! I Stop will. it. Just to add that, cut that out. bulk, that protein that quote. You cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> I ain't having that in there. A pickled egg? Yeah, have you not oh, had them? Oh, mate, no, it sounds awful. Pickled eggs are amazing. Cut this out. <laughs> cut, no one wants to be listening Nathan's to face like, is He's no, genuinely no about to, to vomit. To that sounds awful. He's like, I've, I've, yeah, I've I'm, said I'm, like... I feel the so word. coming up my bloody trachea or whatever it's called. <laughs> Honestly, cut that out. <laughs> it's horrible. A pickled egg. Honestly, I feel a bit sick. <laughs> you alright? <laughs> Your face is like the most unexpected thing ever. Oh. You are genuinely offended oh, by that. Yeah, one of the worst things I've heard on this podcast. I'm going to get you it's on for se- the next podcast. So, don't you even think about it. <laughs> 74 episodes, and that's one of the worst <laughs> things I've heard. <laughs> Oh, your face oh, is a picture. My face doesn't look like this when the Steelers beat the Bengals. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, and source-wise, go for Tata. Yeah, good. At least we are you claiming back some credibility. I've applauded yeah. it back. That made me actually cry with laughter, that did. Your <laughs> face was just so, like... Oh. Anyway. Uh, half-time, I'd have 
hologram show with uh, by bringing back Harambe back to life, I think. <laughs> Singing. So I had a single like early 90s indie songs. He wasn't dead all this time. No, he was dead, but they've taken like images and like made a holographic projection. Oh, so, he was, so he's dead. He is dead, but Bless it's a him. nice tribute show to Harambe. I like and he's that. singing like early nineties indie tunes <laughs> for fifteen minutes, like you know, Ned's Atomic Dust being lush, cud, uh, I don't know, mock turtles, charlatans, all I that said, kind I, of you stuff. You probably won this, son. I, I've had Oasis, mate. Oasis get back Oasis. together, yeah, do a gig at the Super Bowl. I love that. The Americans would not eat them. Uh, there we go. Uh, well, it's quite apt, really, because I don't think uh, the Americans really have known what hit them with this podcast really do <laughs> um, uh, but that's our end of season that's it for this season we've drawn a line under last season um, it's been terrible but we've had a lot of fun regardless uh, well it has really hasn't it I mean, it's it has been terrible yeah we do a good job to make it feel like we're more like an 8 and 8 team than a 2, <laughs> oh, no, right. than a two and 14 team yeah. um, so thank you so much for sticking with us thank you so much for listening listen enjoy the Super Bowl go and get yourself some fish and chips go and get a pickled egg I'm going to buy Nathan a whole jar full I'm, I'm glad there's a break for you because you'll forget I will not forget well, like, this. Well, if you bring me a pickle day, I'm, I'm not even coming on. <laughs> so you resign. You, it's episode 75 I'm here on my own doing a monologue. You can see the newspaper headlines now. Palmer resigns over pickled I'll, egg drama. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a podcast with someone else. I'm okay. going to dig out and have a Bengals fan. Oh, dear. That made me laugh, that did. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Going forward, uh, you know, we'll be back around free agency time. We're hoping that there's going to be some news. There will be some comings and goings keep saying it this this off season is going to be not necessarily momentous but i think it's going to be busy it should be shouldn't it there's a uh, quite a lot to digest obviously you know the burrow hype is going to grow aj's situation should hopefully be resolved one way or the other um andy, andy dalton, dalton of course yeah, yeah. um cordy glenn are they going to trade anybody mm, else are they going to get something for dalton cordy glenn I mean, there's so much stuff... Uh, so much stuff to unravel, my son. Exactly. So we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks. Uh, so, enjoy, uh, again, enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, keep in touch with us, though. We'll keep tweeting and whatnot. There's going to be news of a draft meet-up uh, pretty soon, so look out on our social channels for that. Um, and, of course, you can get us uh, on Twitter at whoday underscore UK uh, and uh, on Facebook at Bengals UK. So... A special end of season. It's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.